The time is 7 o'clock a.m. Earth time, December 21st, 2029. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to the PBNR Morning Show. I'm your host, Kurt Boswell, wishing you a happy holidays on this, the shortest day of the year. We've got the weather and more coming up, but first, the news. It's 7 o'clock. Live from PBNR News, I'm Buck Wheaton. The 50-foot goddess who was summoned to Washington last week has been identified as Belitsuri, a minor Mesopotamian deity of death. According to official reports, dark arts economists accidentally summoned the underworld goddess in an attempt to stimulate the economy. A spokesperson for the economy claimed they are trying to solve the climate crisis without hindering free market growth, which they stress is not the cause of the climate crisis. Belitsuri has spent the last week sitting on the throne of burning bones, occasionally bending down to eat an onlooker, while the world waits to see if she'll fix the climate for them. For PBNR, this is Buck Wheaton. You're listening to PBNR. PBNR is sponsored in part by the Gilliam Cameron Foundation dedicated to broadcasting news backward in time in order to undo the present. And by Jim Rickman Auto, providing affordable new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs to the Elkton area for over a decade. It's almost Christmas time here at Jim Rickman Chevy Ford and Lincoln, and you know what that means. The new models are in, and the old models are garbage. That's right, last year's top-of-the-line lemons are this year's highly affordable crap, and we won't stop till we've parked the crap in your driveway. Come on down and treat yourself to the spacious 29 Mega Hummer, available in dickhead yellow and unseen pedestrian red. It's so large, it had to be classified as a lighthouse, which explains why so many boats have crashed into it. But then, who wouldn't want to crash into this gorgeous Goliath? But good looks aren't this car's only quality. Its all-terrain tires can conquer curbs, cones, and crossing guards, and state-of-the-art water intake windows make it the perfect one-way submersible vehicle. Come test drive today into the lake of your choosing. Or hop aboard the new Ford Double Cycle. It's more than just two motorcycles welded together, but not much. You'll have a religious experience riding this sleek, cutting-edge death machine, praying you'll survive. But don't worry, because safety features like souped-up double brakes and true-tough rudder plates and gutter gates makes grouped-up double blades utter safe, and that scoops double straight. So come on down to Jim Rickman, Chevy Ford, and Lincoln on the Elkton Motor Mile, right under the big American flag. I'm Helen Meacham Barr. A few weeks ago, a deadly viral pesticide was created in an attempt to save the nation's corn crop from its biggest pest, poor people. Now, the virus has decided to run for president, and we've got an exclusive interview with Senator Superbug, coming up on In Depth. I'm Chip Taggart. The High Holy Order of Economic Dark Arts has promised to save the world from the climate disaster without costing rich people anything. But in doing so, did they summon an elder god? Find out later on the fine print. All right, folks, let's check out the weather for the week. 
Looks like Sandstorm Edna has finally cleared up. Good news there. But it has transformed into a giant death goddess. Gotta take the bad with the good with the weather. This week in the valley looks like rain, and not the nice kind either. Starting Monday, we can expect to see some acid rain, turning into acid hail as temperatures rise throughout the week. You're gonna wanna wait this one out inside. I've got a few daily alerts for you here. As I said, there is a 50-foot Mesopotamian death goddess in Washington. Might want to avoid the metro area if you can. There's a couple shootings happening outside Richmond at the gun safety rally. And the Department of Genetic Control is offering free mandatory ice cream samples. So, again, might just want to stay inside. And lastly, it's almost Christmas time, and you know what that means. Christmas bear. That's right, the Christmas bear is out there, and if you can get a selfie with it, send it to us and you'll earn yourself a PBNR travel mug and be entered to win the prize of the big baby Jesus. So watch out for the Christmas bear. We've got the fine print, in-depth, and more coming up a little later. But first, we're going to hear from America's favorite meth heads, Terry Heempswole and Foos Blueland, on a little segment we like to call Do the Meth. Do the Meth with Terry Heempswole and Foos Blueland is brought to you by McKesson Cardinal Health and Amerisource Burgeon Drug Distributors, who control 90% of all American pharmaceuticals. They eat millions, crap billions, and buy and sell chumps like you every day. Hi, I'm Terry Heemswold. I'm Foos Bluelin, and it's time to do, do the, the math. math. Oh, that's right, yes. Oh. Well, it's almost Christmas time, and you know what that means, relatives. That's right, Terry. And whether you're traveling to see your relatives or hosting them this holiday season, you're going to want to do some math. Oh, I know I will. And providing the right meth for your family doesn't have to be a hard decision, but it's worth it to make a good one. That's why we're going to be sampling a few different meths today and making some recommendations so all you have to worry about is getting the gun away from Grandpa. Washington, D.C. is a great place to get meth. There are over 200 different craft metheries within a mile of the Capitol building alone. So if you can make it to a bigger city, your options for getting great meth are much better. But if not, that's okay because you can make some of the same meth right at home. And we're going to post some recipes on our website. So what's first, Terry? Well, first I thought we'd try a winter spice blend with notes of chai and laundry detergent. That looks amazing. Oh, I know, doesn't it? It looks amazing. Now, I always recommend smoking meth, but in this case, it's hard to resist snorting just a little bit just to get those aromatic notes and flavors. Mmm, that's mm, nice. Isn't it? Yes, yes, it's nice. All right, next we have what's called sugar cookie meth, and this is going to be perfect for after those big, heavy meals when all you want to do is stay up with your family and take apart the television. Look at those colors. Is that why it's called sugar cookie? Oh, that's right, Terry. There's a good bit of glitter in there, in addition to white sugar, kitty litter, and good old American pseudoephedrine. Let's smoke some. Now, you always want to use a trusted pipe, and we recommend Johnson & Johnson's meth pipe. It's cheap and reliable. Let's smoke some meth. 
Ooh, that is tasty. Ooh, Ooh I like that's that. That's good. Mm, 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 mm. What's next, Terry? Well, we have a few more samples, but I think everyone at home is wondering the same thing, and that's what's the government hiding from me inside this microphone? I was thinking the same thing, and I tell you, I bet I could take it apart and put it back together in no time at all. All right, let's get started. You're listening to PBNR. New Oracola. Oracola is a highly caffeinated beverage style sugar poison that makes you burp the future. <sighs> Just crack open a can, drink it all at once, and ask your question. Oracola, will I ever be happy? No. Wowzers! But it isn't just the world's only prognosticating soda pop. It's also marketed as delicious. Drinking a can of Oracola is like driving a carbonated icicle through the roof of my mouth and into my brain. Oracola contains powerful squid juice that makes its flavor bold as a lemon. Oracola, how will I die? Diabetes. Cool, let's drink some more soda. So stop worrying about questions you can't answer and answer them instead with a case of delicious Oracola. Welcome to The Fine Print. I'm Chip Taggart. Joining me today from the High Holy Order of Economic Dark Arts is Professor of Market Divination and the High Hand of Fiscal Illusions, Roger Collins. Mr. Collins, thanks for being here. Please, call me Roger, the High Hand of Fiscal Illusions. No, no, I, I'm not going to call you that, no. All right. Mr. Collins, recently a minor but elder goddess of Mesopotamian death was summoned to Washington where she now presides. It's now understood that Sandstorm Edna was in fact the goddess herself, traveling to the site of her summoning where she unearthed a 30-foot bone pile to serve as her throne. Sandstorm Edna and the resulting bone throne have caused hundreds of deaths and unaccountable damage across the East Coast, not to mention the havoc it's wrought on Beltway traffic. What can you tell us about this? Well, long story short, we did it. Expand on that. You see... Some time ago, the federal government commissioned the High Holy Order to find a way to save the planet while protecting its most important people, its corporations. Well, we tried everything. Burning coal, embezzling money, even blowing cigar smoke into a poor person's face. Everything we knew how to do. But nothing seemed to stop climate change. Huh. Eventually, we had to conduct a bone ceremony. Mm, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're referring to the ancient art of divination by interpreting bones thrown at random. <laughs> That's right, Chip. And of course, to solve a problem as big as fixing the climate without doing anything, we needed a lot of bones. So we started buying up bones as cheap as we could. And when America ran out of bones, we sold them a cheap bone-like substitute that came to life and robbed them. Mm. Then we began the ceremony and cast the bones forth from a helicopter bucket. Is that exactly what it sounds like? It is indeed, Chip, and it was awesome. Well, what did the bones tell you? Did they tell you how to stop climate change? Well, mostly they told us that we had demolished the Howard University Library, but they were less clear on the matter of stopping global warming. So after dropping a bucket of bones on the HBCU that gave us Toni Morrison and Zora Neale Hurston, what did you accomplish? At best, nothing. But it was still pretty cool. Well, I don't understand. How did you wind up summoning Belatseri, the goddess of Mesopotamian death? 
Well, at that point, we had committed a pretty serious hate crime, so we buried the evidence under a DC suburb. Hmm. Then we went about covering our tracks, casting powerful economic spells and incantations interpreted from ancient balance sheets inscribed on thousand-year-old rock. And, well, we biffed it. You biffed it? We biffed it. We biffed the incantation. The bones turned into a bit of a shrine, which maybe accidentally summoned a death goddess. I'm not an expert, but it does seem like, yes, we did indeed summon a death goddess. I see. But, but, don't worry, Chip. We're trying to put a positive spin on it. We're now claiming we made the shrine on purpose, and we've given ourselves a bailout as a reward for unavoidable negligence. And hey, good news. Our top bookkeeping magicians believe Balletsuri may yet stimulate the economy in a way that fixes the climate without us having to make any serious changes to our lifestyle. Well, how would that work? I have no idea. But this is economics. You have to have faith. Hmm, well, it sounds to me like you got paid to rob the nation of its books and bones while summoning an ancient death god instead of just doing what we all know needs to be done and transition us away from fossil fuels. (laughs) And do what, Chip? Burn solar panels for warmth? (laughs) Come on. Be realistic. I'm getting the move on signal. Why don't we take a call? Listeners, summoning an ancient goddess of death in order to save the planet. Happy accident or scandalous boondoggle? You tell us. Michael from Fort Worth, you're on the air. Am I on the air? Well, didn't I just say you're on the air? I, I, I didn't know if you were talking to me. I said, Michael from Fort Worth, you're on the air. There's other Michaels in Fort Worth. Yes, but how many are on the phone right now? I, uh, yeah, I... Never mind, never mind, never mind. I'm moving on. Albert from Bethesda, Maryland, you're on the air. What do you think about an occult accounting firm summoning a 50-foot goddess in an effort to stop global warming? Yeah, I have a question for Mr. Collins. When am I going to get my rent? Ah, oh, damn it, Mr. Millicent. How did you find me? You're on the damn radio, Mr. Collins. You owe me two months back rent plus interest. When are you going to pay? Uh, folks, I'm just going to... I told you, I'll give you your money as soon as that Nigerian prince gets his throne back. He ain't never going to pay you. Keep things moving along. He said he's good for it, and he said he'll make me a duke. Guys, we're going to hang up here. Don't bother hanging up. He'll just call back. Okay, then. When am I going to get my rent... All right, well, that's going to do it for us here at The Fine Print. We really got nowhere, but I guess I should be used to that at this point. Join us next time on The Fine Print for my interview with Jazzborn Pelt, the man who invented the burrito gun. You're listening to PBNR. PBNR is sponsored in part by the Jair Bag, providing air cushion support to America's wobbliest seniors. And by the law firm of Gullwerp, Trankston, and Meeks, representing the Valley in a variety of legal matters, including tax evasion and faking your death. Did you or someone you know sell your bones for cash and then buy an inflatable suddenly skeleton only to have your new bones come to life and leap out of your mouth in the presence of the moon? You may be eligible to be part of a class action lawsuit against the High Holy Order of Economic Dark Arts. Dark arts economists have been buying bones to construct a massive shrine in hopes of divining economic insight, but have inadvertently summoned the goddess Bellet Suri, chthonic gatekeeper of the land of Kerr. The law office of Gullwerp, Trankston, and Meeks can get you the compensation you deserve. After I sold all my bones to buy a suddenly skeleton, it wasn't long before my skeleton came alive inside me and took control of my body. It took me to an ATM and withdrew all my money. Then it jumped out of me, did a dance, and ran off with my money. I'll never get my skeleton back, but the law firm of Gullwerp, Trankston, and Meeks was able to get me a piece of the shrine. Don't wait for the government to do the right thing. If you bought an inflatable skeleton, it will come alive inside you, rob you, exit you, and throw itself on the giant pile of bones now thrown to Bell at Suri. Don't be a victim. Call today. 
Welcome to In Depth. I'm Helen Mitchum Barn. A few weeks ago, a highly contagious and deadly virus bred in a secret Monsanto lab was released into the air. A week later, it had earned a seat in the Senate. In that time, America has come to know and love Senator Roy Superbug. Senator Superbug is known for his extreme centrism and willingness not to take a hard stance on just about anything. Now he has decided to run for president, running on a platform of towing the line, not rocking the boat, and wiping out humanity one voter at a time. Illinois Senator Roy Superbug, thank you for joining me. Please, just call me Superbug. Do your friends call you Superbug? <laughs> no, my friends call me by my birth name. Xenotoxithrix pelophage strain ATCC1347, but that's a little long. Now, you've caught some flack in the media over your name. Some people are wondering whether or not you're actually an American citizen with a name like that. That's true, and you know, I took the name Superbug to seem a little more relatable. But I'd like to assure everyone all around the world I was born in America just like you. I was bred in a Monsanto sub-basement right in the heart of Kansas just a few weeks ago. <laughs> Gosh, how time flies. Kansas, the heart of America. What can you tell us about that, and how has it affected your political positions? Well, a lot of the details of my creation are corporate secrets, but let's just say I was bred to destroy the human race. But you know what? It's hard to follow in someone else's footsteps and still be your own cloud of drug-resistant cells. Over the weeks of my life, I've come to see the benefits of death, but of life as well. Interesting. Expand on that. While I see the obvious upside of destroying a large portion of Earth's population, I think wiping it out altogether might be going too far. Heading into this election, my plan is to meet life and death right in the center. In fact, I'm trying to pivot to the center on a lot of issues. For example, some folks think the world is round, some think it's flat. Both good points. I prefer to think of the Earth as more of a semicircle. Then you got the debate on abortion, pro-life, pro-choice, heck, they both sound good. I say maybe just keep the top half, right down the middle, and I think that'll make everyone happy. What do you think of Bernie Sanders this election, and how do you feel about your chances of beating him? You know, I've got a lot of respect for Bernie. He's technically dead, and that's something I can get behind. But we differ on the issue of killing half the Earth's population. And the wealth tax. Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty about the president's existence. What do you think about the rumor that President Ray died 10 years before he took office? Sounds like he struck a balance between life and death that I can appreciate. He's alive when he needs to order a drone strike, but dead when someone needs to deal with the fallout. Good point. Well, Superbug, thanks for talking with me today. <laughs> of course, thanks for having me. That's Illinois Senator Roy Superbug. <coughs> Thanks for listening. <coughs> You're listening to PBNR. Hey there, folks, it's me, Disney Boy 14, and you're listening to Disney Did It, the podcast where we talk about how awesome Disney is. Well, folks, it's Christmas time, and you know what that means. It's time for Disney's fifth Star Wars movie this year. So get ready to throw your old Star Wars toys away, because they're all garbage now. It's time to dive into Star Wars Episode Four: Lightsaber the Force, 2, Part 4 of the first Darth War trilogy, Ace. 
In the latest final chapter of the Star Wars saga, we learn that Luke has gone forward in time to battle his grandfather, Darth Dartholus, who has stolen the Force from the Ewoks. Luke uses his Force powers to hyperspace a time tunnel into a Death Star, where he finds a rebel Gungan space finder, his secret half-sister, who sings and guides the Jedi through the midichlorian-rich seas of the Time Swamp. But, but, it, but it's a trap, it's a and trap. she's actually Darth Baticus, disguised in the mindest paint that the simple people of Tweelus 12 use in their ritual kindness dances, which the Empire covets so evilly. <laughs> the Sarlacc appears and tells Luke that in order to stop the Force, he must first go back in time to when there was a time was a different time. There, there he finds his grandmother, Shmim or something, and he bangs her with the Force. Yes, the Force. Flash forward to a beautifully reshot Empire Strikes Back scene where a young Luke, Justin Bieber, is confronted by Darth Vader, Idris Elba. When Vader reveals that he's Luke's father, Luke reveals that he is his father, making him his own grandpa, and that he has an extra arm and it's got some kind of U-shaped lightsaber in it. Darth Vader goes, no, that's impossible. That's when Lando Calrissian, IG-88, Plukoon, and a giant Ewok all burst in on a Womprat and begin to form a Zord. But then, Darth CGI Leia, Emperor Cambridge Analyticus, and the baby Death Star burst in and they force lift the floor onto the ceiling and everyone falls into space and dies. Or do they? Yes, they do. Roll credits and the movie begins. This is an interesting move on Disney's part because it strikes all preceding content from the canon, setting them up to retell a whole new story and make you pay to see the same movies all over again. We'll have to see what happens next week when the next one comes out. Thanks for listening, I'm DisneyBoy14. folks that's gonna do it for us here at the pbnr morning show the bbc is going to pick it up after the break with global alerts and don't miss the president's special report on his favorite brands of cereal but before we sign off let's do the numbers the market has been shaken by the presence of balitserie dropping the dow jones down 1000 points five and three quarter percent in full the Nasdaq and S&P are both falling fast, down about 700 points, 3.5-4% respectively, to the outside half. The FTSE in London, however, has a mixed state, 400, up 10% of the density matrix. That's it, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>